turn to your word today, Luke chapter 3, Genesis chapter 8. As you're turning there, we'll say thank you so much for being here today. If it's your first time with us, I uh, hope you received a Connect card on the way in. If you did not, be sure you get one on the way out. We have a little gift for you just to say hello. You can turn it in at the desk there. And if you'd like to be a part of what God is doing through our giving, you may be watching uh, online or listening throughout the week. If you'd like to be part of what God is doing, you can go online and give. Our ushers will be at the door today. However it is that you give, I just want you to know I'm so thankful that you help us do ministry, not only in this house, but literally around the world as we help church planners and missionaries. Uh, every single uh, every single month reach a harvest that we can't reach right here. It's because of your giving, and I'm so thankful for that today. <laughs> today I am going in our um, second message today of um, a series that I started last week called March Winds, and this series is about the Holy Spirit. And I'm continuing part two today, March Winds. Uh, and this part two is probably could be called uh, Let the Wind Blow and the Dove Fly. And um, I said last week that at the end of this series, which I believe will be all month long, I not only want us to know more about the Holy Spirit, but I want you to know the Holy Spirit. Amen? I want you to know him. And one thing that Satan has planned uh, one of his plans is to keep the church, the bride of Christ, unaware of the potential power that you have when the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you. <clears throat> he loves it when God's people don't know the power that's in it. He loves it when God's people see the power moving, but they don't know how to engage with it. Um, it, it, is, it is a trick that he has for everyone is, is to keep us unaware and somewhat <clears throat> in the dark of the potential power that we possess when we let the Holy Spirit move and live on the inside of us. Last week, I said that he's our personal trainer. He's come to pump us up. He's come, he's come to give us power. Um, he, will, he will lead you into places and seasons that will equip you. The Holy Spirit, he will guide you into places that you don't want to go to get you ready for places that you've only dreamed that you could go. That's, that's what he's doing. He leads us there. And as he's leading us in the seasons, he, he builds us up. Last week I said he's also your best friend. He will always be there. He, he will never put you on hold. He's got you. He, he understands you. And, and today in this passage of Scripture, we'll also find out that uh, symbolic of the Holy Spirit in the Word is also the dove. And I want to talk about the dove today as we are, as we are uh, discussing the Holy Spirit. And in Luke chapter 3, verse 21, the Word says, <clears throat> When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was open. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son. In you I am well pleased. Genesis chapter 8 verse 6 says, <coughs> So it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. Then he sent out a raven 
which kept flying to and fro until the waters had dried up from the earth. He also sent out from himself a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot, and she returned into the ark to him, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and drew her into the ark to himself. Lord, be with us this morning. <clears throat> Let our ears be in tune with your, with your voice. Lord, I pray anything that may be fighting for our attention over the next few minutes or so, I pray that those things would cease. Lord, right now, Lord, we're just locking our eyes on you. We're, 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 we're getting our ears in tune with your voice. And I pray that this word goes forth this morning and is like fire shut up in the bones of your people. And we'll give you honor and glory and the praise. And the church said amen. <coughs> amen. In this hour, it's going to be, as I've been saying, it's going to be impossible for us to really be the church until we, until we connect with the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, we see this man that I'm reading about that we know as Noah. The word said that it has been raining for 40 days and 40 nights. It kind of feels like Rome, Georgia. 40 days and 40 nights. The weatherman yesterday said that uh, the state of Georgia has eight more inches than Seattle, Washington, the wettest place in America. So we've had our share. Can I get an amen? amen. And here they are, these people, they've never had rain, and now they not only have rain, but they have water, and this water is everywhere. There is a flood all over the face of the earth. This flood brought forth <coughs> judgment <coughs> to a rebellious people. These people of the land had been living in immorality. They had been, <coughs> excuse me, they had been living in sin. And just like the land that we live in today, it sounds familiar as, as we look around people who are still in rebellion, people who are still living uh, with, with no morals, uh, a, a, a land, a world where sin is still rampant. And this rain uh, is looked at some by some as provision, while others look at it as judgment. To some, it looks like God provided and God, God held up his word because he told them it's coming. So to some, it looks like, yes, it's a promise. And then to others, uh, it was judgment upon a sinful people. But in the middle of the judgment in Genesis 8-1, when judgment was all around, the word says that God remembered Noah. In a moment of judgment, when a, in a moment when the world was being somewhat wiped out, God remembered Noah. Aren't you thankful this morning that in moments when you should have been in intense judgment, God remembered you? Can anyone testify this morning and say, I don't know where I would be today if the Lord had not remembered me. Anyone? People will forget you. Family will forget you. But I'm just thankful this morning that I can stand before you and say, but the Lord has remembered me. Anybody thankful for that this morning? Once the rain had stopped, Noah opens up a window of the ark and sends out a dove. 
The dove was not released. Get this. This is important. (coughs) The dove was not released from the ark until the rain, until the judgment of God had passed. Now watch this. He's speaking of the Holy Spirit, and in Luke 24, verse 49, Jesus says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Jesus is here, and he's telling the disciples, Look, I'm about to go away, but the Spirit, the dove, he is on the way. Noah's dove was released when God's judgment had subsided on the earth. But get this, heaven's dove was not released until after God's judgment was subdued upon Christ. Christ took the judgment for you and I. How many are thankful that Christ took the judgment? He was beaten, he was bruised, he was whipped, he was abused, but at the end of the judgment, then the dove, the spirit was released upon the earth. He went through judgment so the dove could be released. The judgment that should have been mine, he bore it. The pain that should have been yours, he took it away because he knew that the dove could not be released until the judgment was finished. If there's never, if there was, if, if there had never been a sacrifice of Jesus, there would be no dove, there would be no spirit. But let me tell you this morning, when you sit and think about your life, if you cannot find anything to thank God for, if you cannot find anything to rejoice or praise him about, we should find a moment today just to take a moment today and say, thank you, Lord, that you took the judgment so I could have the dove. Amen. Come on it's because of his sacrifice that you can feel the power of the Holy Spirit today. See, when, when, when we reject the Holy Spirit, when we refuse to operate in the Holy Spirit, when we neglect the gift, when we, whenever we feel that he is working on us and tugging at our hearts and our spirit, and we, and we neglect it. Imagine how that makes him feel after all the things that Jesus went through so that you could actually have access to it so that you could have a power from on high, so that you could operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Just imagine how that makes him feel. After all he went through, yet so many inside of the church will reject the Holy Spirit. But we have come to a place where we cannot neglect the Holy Spirit any longer. Amen. We are a church that that we will not operate in the darkness when it comes to the power. Amen. We are a church that will let the wind blow and the dove fly because I don't know about you I don't want to be in a church just because it's cute today I don't want to be in a church just because they've got good music I don't want to be in a church that just has a good children's program but I want to be in a church where yokes are being broken walls are coming down chains are being ripped off people are redeemed and restored where people are healed but this can only happen when we choose to let the wind blow and the dove fly Noah's dove came from the ark but this dove that we're talking about this morning it came from heaven John chapter 1 verse 32 just write it down says and John bore witness saying I saw the spirit it was descending from heaven like a dove and he remained upon him this dove came the word says from an open heaven 
Jesus has given instructions. I just read in 2449. He said, Behold, I'm going to send the promise of my Father to you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are, uh, are, until you are endued with power from on high. Noah's dove came from an ark, but this dove came from on high. This spirit came from heaven. This power comes from heaven and leads us to heavenly things. Amen. This is a supernatural power. It's a power from on high. It's a source that cannot come from a man. It's a source that you cannot even get in seminary. It's just from on high. It doesn't come from a relationship because you know somebody who's got it. It can only come from on high. You cannot get a prescription for this kind of power. It only comes from on high. I don't know about you, but I have found myself in this desperate season where I'm no longer satisfied with just a good service here and there. Anybody agree? I'm no longer content with just a few Holy Ghost goosebumps going up and down my spine on a Sunday because somebody hit the right note. But I want something so powerful to be happening inside of these walls that these walls cannot hold it. I want something so mighty, so powerful, so transforming that it can only be described as from on high. Amen. I'm at a place where 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 it's 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 it, where if it's not from on high, I don't want to deal with it. If it's not a conversation from on high, I don't want to have it. If it's not a work from on high, I don't want to touch it. Anybody there? If it's not a relationship from on high, I don't want anything to do with it. If it's not from on high, I'm declaring it will no longer get my attention. If it's not from on high, I'm not going to stress about it. If it's not from on high, I'm not going to get depressed about it. I don't want anything manufactured by a man. I don't want revival manufactured by a man. But if it's not from on high, I don't want it. Anybody in the house agree with me today? If it's not from on high, I don't want it. Lord, send the power from on high. I want something to get in me and get in my church that, like, that makes lost people come to the cross. I want something to get in me that makes demons tremble. I want a power inside of me that makes the devil run away instead of running toward me. I want something to get in my church that calls the sick, sick folk to leave healed again. It takes the power from on high, church. Genesis 8, 7 says that Noah <coughs> released two birds. First, he released a raven. And then Genesis 8, the next verse says, then he sent forth a dove. I want you to get this because this is so important because this is, I think, describes a lot of where a lot of people get frustrated with the spirit and kind of standoffish with the spirit. <clears throat> he releases a raven, then releases a dove. The dove returned back to him because the word says there was no resting place for the soul of her foot. The dove could not find anywhere to land. I don't know about you, but when the dove's flying around me, I want him to see a place to land. I want the Holy Spirit to land. And so often, even among the people, 
The Spirit can be moving and flowing and not find a willing vessel to say, here I am, Lord. You can land right here. But the raven said, the raven did not return, but it kept flying to and fro. And I've been studying ravens this week, looking at this verse. And so many of the sources say that they will hang out just about anywhere. I was looking at characteristics, and it said, they, you will find the most ravens at landfills. Hmm. Junk. Trash. Somebody's old stuff. In other words, they will hang out any old where, and they will eat any old thing. But the dove came back, because the dove will not hang out just anywhere. You making this connection with me? Nod with me. Make me feel good. He can go anywhere, but he will not hang out just anywhere. Yeah. It has to be the right place. It has to be the right atmosphere for a dove to take root and make a nest there. He is very particular. He is picky on what he will or will not eat. See, the raven that was flying to and fro, it's a bird that will eat just about anything. It will eat flesh. It will eat small animals. And it said it's known because it flies high and swoops low into nests and it will devour eggs and young birds. What it is, a raven will destroy a generation. Sources also say that they mimic the human voice. In other words, they are manipulators. They are imitators. They are actors. And we need to know as the church this morning that just as sure as there will be a revival that's released from on high, the enemy, the raven, will also release something, but it will be a revival that is full of flesh, imitating revival, mimicking revival. And he will do anything. He's a manipulator. The raven will try his best to trump what the dove is doing. He will do everything that he can to counterfeit, to imitate the move of God, the move of the dove. He will do it all. Why? To distract the church, to distract the bride. That's why we, the church, must be on guard in this hour of anything that is called a move that is simply based off of or find its soul strength in flesh alone. Can I get an amen? I don't know about you. <laughs> But I don't want to be a part of something just because it's big. I don't want to be a part of something just because of a personality that is attached to it. Come on. But I want to be where lives are being saved. I want to be where people are being delivered. I don't want to be led by a bunch of ravens, but I want to be directed by the dove today. But we need the power from on high this morning. The key to your next is letting the Holy Spirit have his way. The key to your next position, <laughs> the next level of growth is letting the Holy Spirit have his way because God never does anything by accident. 
He is methodical. He, what, what, whatever he creates, he, it's, it's, it's not because he made a mistake, but he created that thing because he has a plan for it. If you're alive today, God still has a plan for you. Aren't you thankful? When he, when he moves, he doesn't just come and stir up revival because he has nothing else to do, but he, he, he moves because he has a plan for that movement. So why did he release the dove? Noah's dove was released to find resting place. The dove of the New Testament was released on Jesus and later in the church, and it was released on Jesus to equip him and strengthen him for warfare. If you <laughs> ever fight with Satan, you need the Spirit. Some of you fight with other people. You need the Spirit. Because the Spirit will help you see that you're not fighting against flesh and blood. But you're actually fighting against the Spirit that is on that person. You're actually not fighting with that person. They're, 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 they're in the spirit realm, there is something going on. Addictions, it's about the spirit that's drawing you. You are wrestling with it. And in that moment, the dove was released on Jesus to strengthen him for warfare. And you need to get this because Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit with a spirit of warfare. Listen, when the dove lands on you, he is empowering you to fight. I'm not talking about high school fighting. That's what she's thinking about. Pulling hair, jerking out weaves, breaking nails. Those high school fights that was all over Facebook. No, no, no. That's not fighting. No. God wants to give you something inside of you that's a power called the Spirit. That before you even have to ball up your fist, you're already talking to that thing saying, not today. You can't have your way here. It's a warfare through prayer and worship and fasting. You are empowered. When the Spirit comes upon you, you are endued with the power from on high to know how to attack the enemy. In Matthew chapter 3, the word says that when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens opened up to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That's the last verse of Matthew chapter 3. <clears throat> it sounds like a beautiful ending. But if you turn the page or look at the next verse, which is Matthew chapter 4 verse 1, after he's filled, it says, Then Jesus, he just comes out of the water, he's baptized, heaven's open, dove comes down, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Ben, help me out. Tempted by the devil. 
Immediately following Jesus' encounter with the devil and the Holy Spirit, he was empowered. He was qualified to overcome the enemy. He dealt with the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. <clears throat> Some of us can't deal with him for 40 minutes. And for 40 days and 40 nights, the devil is just talking to him. Come on, give it up. Come on. Don't you want all of this? Come on. And he's, and he's tempting him. 40 is a number of preparation in the Bible. And everything that the devil could tempt him with, he did. It was offered to Jesus. And finally, the devil gets so frustrated. The devil gets so aggravated because he would not give in. He would not give in because... He had just had an encounter with the dove. And we as a church, the bride of Christ, followers of Christ, it's not enough to have an encounter with the dove only on Sundays. Because the devil fights every day. The devil will attack you in your sleep. You ever been awakened in the middle of the night and you felt like the devil was next to you and it wasn't your spouse? They're supposed to be funny. Y'all are asleep this morning. That one hour got the best of you. Come on, somebody. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. He will even fight you in your sleep. And in this hour, Sunday is not enough to have an encounter with the Spirit. But it's got to be an everyday kind of encounter. Because in this next season, if you would just let the devil land on, or the dove land on you, if you would just let the Holy Spirit get inside of you, if you would just let him find a place to dwell on the inside of you, no weapon formed against you would be able to prosper. Because the Spirit is inside of you. I said, if you would just let the dove get inside of you, no weapon formed against you would be able to prosper. <laughs> and you've got to get this. Just because the dove lands on you doesn't mean you are safe from all problems. It doesn't mean that you will never shed some tears along the way. It doesn't mean that you'll never have to deal with haters along the way. It doesn't mean that people will never gossip about you again. But, but what it does mean is that when it's all over, you can stand and say, I have encountered the spirit. The dove is inside of me. So that means that God is working something out in my favor. Wind blow, dove come land on me this morning. Can anybody say that? Lord, I want the spirit today. Lord, I want the spirit. Tell anybody, said, I want the spirit today. I want him to land. Come on, get up on your feet this morning if you want to say, Lord, I want the spirit to land on me today. I don't want him to be flying around and find no place to rest the sole of his foot. Lord, but I want your spirit to be inside of me today. I'm tired of fighting earthly battles. I'm tired of looking at giants and being afraid. But Lord, I am ready for a spirit to get inside of me this morning. That whenever I speak to the mountain, mountain you've got to move. Whenever I speak to the sickness, sickness you've got to retreat today. Whenever I pray, I want to see it come to pass. Is anybody in the boat with me this morning saying, Lord I want it today. Come on, will you just raise up your hands today. 